0: With indie Hotels and these roadside revitalizations, I think the sky's the limit, and it really just comes down to the the owner and the team behind it and what they're capable of, and that's the thing that really excites me, and I think there's a big opportunity there.
1: Welcome to the second season of The Modern Hotelier, the fastest-growing hospitality podcast. Both hosts were named Top 100 Most Powerful People in Hospitality, and voted fourth most popular podcast by the International Hospitality Institute. Each episode, we'll get to know an industry expert and we'll discuss the latest trends in hospitality to help you, The Modern Hotelier. Welcome to The Modern Hotelier. I'm your host, David Malilli. I'm your co-host, Steve Karen, And I'm the producer, John Boomhoffer.
2: This episode is sponsored by Longitude Branding. Are you opening a new hotel and needing a brand that really stands out? Longitude could be the branding and design partner you need. Since 2010, they've worked alongside many of the most iconic hotel brands and countless independent boutique hotels of all shapes and sizes. Whether you're constructing a new hotel from the ground up or renovating and repositioning an existing asset, Longitude is your guide for building a brand that lasts. From developing the vision and positioning strategy to creating a brand name and identity, To designing interiors that wow guests, Longitude aims to help its clients create more memorable, engaging, and impactful guest experiences. Reach out with your next project by visiting longitudebranding.com.
1: Steve, who do we have on the program today?
3: Yes, David. Today we have on Jeremy Wells. Jeremy is a partner at Longitude, a hospitality branding and design agency founded in 2010. He's also a co-founder and partner at Flyover Developments, a hospitality investment and development group. And as an owner and alongside with partners, Jeremy actually helped spearhead the repositioning, design and renovation of the Ozark Lodge, Branson, Missouri's first modern independent hotel experience, which actually launched this past summer in 2023. He also has written two books in the hospitality space, one that is called Indie Hotel, just released on September 12th. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to be
1: here. Thanks, Jeremy. So we're going to go through three sections. We're going to get to know you a little bit better, talk about your career, and then get into the industry. Sound good? Sounds great. Great. All right. So here we go. So what was the worst job you've ever had?
0: <laughs> probably my worst job was I was a uh, a busboy at CC's Pizza, if you guys are familiar with that. That was like my first job in high school. And uh, it was just a mess, like cleaning up after people after they're eating a bu- pizza buffet. It sounds as bad as it was. So uh, that was probably my worst. All right.
1: So are you a morning
0: or a night person? I've become a morning person. I, right. I think I was in my younger years, was a uh, an evening person, a night night owl, but kind of had to turn into a morning person more recently over the last few years. So.
1: Got it. All right. So if you had to delete all the apps off your phone, except for three, what three apps would you keep on your phone?
0: Yeah, I would definitely keep the camera app. I love taking photos of uh, just business and my kids and all of that. And then I would keep the Spotify app. I love music and podcasts and uh probably linkedin i most of my social media is through that platform so i like to stay in touch with colleagues and friends
1: what's the emoji you use the most on your phone
0: i find myself asking people for favors a lot so it's usually like the you know the please like thank you type thing so (laughs) that's probably the one i use the most
1: but that's funny well what's your favorite song one song you can listen to oh man that's a tough one um you can pick a band too if you want or a yeah. singer. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I I love uh I love 90s music and like early 2000s, so probably yeah. something like uh by Third Eye Blind or Death Cab for Cutie or something like that. So yeah. those are good bands. Do
1: cool. you have a favorite restaurant? Oh, that's a tough one.
0: Oh, there there's a local restaurant here in Springfield, Missouri where I'm based called The Wheelhouse and they just have excellent food and drinks and my wife and I go there almost every single date night, so that's probably my favorite.
1: So if you had your own talk show, who would your first guest be? They can be dead or alive.
0: Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's a difficult one. I'd have to to think about that. I would probably, it'd probably be some like old president or something or like an inventor, like, you know, like Nikola Tesla or something like that would be kind of cool. All
1: right. Well, this one's even tougher. So if you had a time machine and you could go to the future or you could go to the past, which way are you going and what year are you going to?
0: Yeah, so I I actually was discussing this with a friend a few weeks back and it uh I would probably go to the like the se- late late 70s or early 80s again and kind of relive that era but as a like I was born in 85 so I got a little taste of the 80s and like 9 mostly 90s but I would love to relive the 80s as like a you know my teenage years and those pivotal years it'd be probably be pretty fun.
3: Awesome! Awesome! That was great. So now we'll get onto your background a little bit, kind of what makes you tick, those type of things. So, so you said you're from Missouri. Is that where you grew up?
0: Yeah, born and raised in Springfield, Missouri. Lived here most of my life. I lived in Rockford, Illinois, for about three years, kind of early in my career. And after I got married to my wife, who I I actually met in Springfield, we uh, she moved up with me for a little while in Rockford, but then we moved back to Springfield and been here for the last probably 12 to 15 years. so That's awesome. How did growing
3: up in Springfield, Missouri, shape who you are today?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Springfield is a, it's not a small town, but it's not large by any means either. And, you know, in, in the Midwest, you kind of, uh, my, my family was not, you know, wealthy by any means. And so you kind of just grow up with this hard work mindset and get the job done and blue collar type environment. But there was a lot of pride in that. And so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young people in the Springfield area and, and real probably in a lot of Midwest towns, you know, as they get out of high school and into their college years, they want to like leave the city and, you know, get out and go to the big towns. And, and I kind of had a little bit of a taste of that. But I think it gave me an appreciation for just... Being scrappy, getting things done, figuring stuff out on my own, and not be afraid to ask others for help, too. I mean, in the Midwest and in smaller cities, it's all about helping others and, you know, helping your neighbor and all of that. So I think I learned a lot of that growing up.
1: What what chose you to focus on hospitality?
0: Yeah, I, a lot of people grew up in hospitality, I found, having conversation with people in the industry. You know, and then there's others that kind of just it fell into their lap or they just kind of accidentally fell into it. And that I, I am definitely the latter. Early in my career, a lot of it was focused just on e-commerce and mobile iOS development. And I was a user experience designer for several years. I transitioned out of a, a role that I was working for an agency in New York uh, remotely as a creative director and designer and had an opportunity to join Dustin as a partner at Longitude in that transition. And he he had already kind of started moving Longitude in the direction of hospitality and restaurants and hotels. and So that was about five years ago, and I just dove headfirst like I always do when I'm learning something new and um, read a ton of books, met a lot of people, listened to a lot of podcasts. So that's really where I started in hospitality was five years ago when I joined as a partner at Longitude and kind of pivoted my career.
3: Well, great to hear. That was a great segue. Now we're going to kind of talk about your experience and we'll start out with Longitude here. So this was, you know, kind of your first time in the hospitality space. You know, you've done design and branding before, but how did your past roles help you, you know, with your strategies that went into joining Longitude?
0: That's a great question. And, you know, a lot of user experience design is centered around understanding your customer, understanding their behaviors, understanding what's going to resonate with them, you know, where to put place buttons, where to, how to, you know, look at hierarchy of text on a web page and all these types of things. And and through that, I was also doing a lot of, you know, information architecture of understanding the site map and layout of a whole website or, a, or an app, and also doing a lot of branding. You know, I, I, my background is in design and branding as well. So doing all of that early on and transitioning into hospitality, it, it wasn't as hard of a transition as you might think because it's taking it from a all of that thinking that you're you're going to do for a customer in a digital space and now you're relaying that into a physical realm you know studying how the design of a space is going to function how you know these different touch points along the guest journey a lot of the same language is actually used between the digital and the physical space it's just kind of repurposing it and rethinking, you know, the processes we're going through in longitude of how, you know, we want to art the brand and these different touch points to really just impact the guest journey and the overall brand that you're building, the reputation you're building as a business.
1: So you co-founded Flyover, so which is a hospitality investment and development group. So how, how to tell us a little bit more about that and how did that get started? Yeah. So
0: Dustin and I over the uh, the first several years of working together we started just have growing a love for hospitality the people the places we had you know such a immense privilege to like visit a lot of really great resorts and hotels all over the nation but what we were finding is there wasn't a lot of that in the midwest especially kind of in the ozarks and that's where we live so we just started thinking to ourselves you know we're working with all these great clients we're doing all these great projects and amazing brands and why doesn't the Ozark have Ozarks have any of this? So I ended up getting my real estate license a couple of years back just because I wanted to learn more about real estate. I wasn't super familiar with it. And in doing so, I started looking for deals, looking for properties that were for sale and stumbled upon this one in Branson, Missouri, which is about 45 minutes south of us in a heavy tourist market and started having conversations with the broker and the, the seller and ended up getting it under contract and had a 90 days due diligence period to figure it out and that's when we kind of started the flyover developments and really the ozarker lodge was our first you know development and investment and that's pretty much coincided with the launch of flyover developments
1: you just mentioned but you helped spearhead the repositioning design renovation of the ozarker lodge tell us more a little more in depth about that, that project and what's going on there.
0: Yeah. It's been a project that's coming up on about two years since I first found the property to where we're at today. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned. I I always tell people, it's almost like taking a, a master's class in hotel real estate development, investment and all that. And, and because the partners involved in that were so great, we partnered with Eagle Point Hotel Partners, which is uh, Stephen Chan and Eric Warner. You guys probably know him from ILC as well. And, um, you know, they were just so incredibly awesome to work with. I can't say it enough. And without them involved, this project wouldn't have happened because, you know, Dustin and I knew what we knew and we knew what we don't know. And it was all about, you know, putting the right people in place with the right positions, the right knowledge, the right expertise and background. And we are huge proponents at Longitude of not trying to be experts in everything, and we try to do what we do and do it really well. And so the Ozarker Lodge was really kind of founded in that as well, through the nature of who we are and what we do. We brought in great design group, partnered with them we, out of uh, Detroit called Perini. They actually did all the design direction and all of that. We, well, we provided them direction and the concept and the vision, and they kind of took it and ran with it. And they were really great to work with. We had a great general contractor who was very gracious with us. I'm sure we were probably a bad client, but they they really knocked it out of the park. And you know, over the last 18 months, we it was full on development. We opened in July, right around July 4th, and uh, with a new product, a new positioning, new brand. And since then, we've you know working out kinks here and there, learning the market still our operations team is is doing great we're getting a lot of great reviews and feedback from guests and you know we're still really excited about what the future holds for the ozarker
3: that's awesome and you're also as we said earlier a published author as well you've written two books in the hospitality space. Your first one was in 2020. You wrote Future Hospitality, which talks kind of it's intersecting your brand background and your hospitality, but it talks about how that brand experience is going to drive not only a better guest experience, but a more inspired staff and also a little bit more with sustainable growth as well. Can you expand on that book kind of what it talks about and what inspired you to go write it?
0: Yeah, and I'll correct you first. It was self-published, so don't get I'm not like okay. a, <laughs> I'm not that good of an author, but yeah, so we we self-published Future Hospitality through Longitude in I think it was 2020. Perfect timing starting right off with COVID, so that was both a blessing and a curse, I guess in hindsight. But yeah, that that book is really a peek behind the scenes of Longitude and our methodology, our approach, our almost manifesto of like why we do what we do, why branding is so important, how we think about branding and you know, how we believe hoteliers and hospitality brands need to start thinking about branding. It's not just a logo, it's not just a color, it's not just a name, it's really all encompassing it and it should impact everything in your marketing, in your operations and how you hire, how you attract talent. PR, crisis management, everything and anything you can think of related to hotels is impacted by branding. And it's all about building the reputation that you want and making a plan for doing that. And that's what we try to focus in on at Longitude. And so that's what that book is about and how to, you know, basically how branding bridges the gap between all the brainstorming you go through early on to how it is ultimately executed, you know, on the property. So,
3: yeah. And it, it just looks like an awesome coffee table book as well. I've been looking for a great t- coffee table and it, it has a cool cover. It just looks awesome. So, and most recently you wrote uh, Indie Hotel, which came out actually when we we're recording this week. You're talking about why hoteliers are breaking free from chains and choosing more of an independent experience. And it was actually forwarded by our good friend, Andrew Bennyhoff, but we haven't had a chance to read this one yet. What can we expect from your new book?
0: Yeah, I love to explain it as kind of equal parts. I call it like a love letter to indie ho- hotels and kind of the mindset of indie hotels and what that encompasses. Also, just kind of some practical thinking and, you know, things that we learned through the development of the Ozarker Lodge. I, I referenced that several times in the book. And then also, you know, through conversations I've had with in the past with people, and I invited other colleagues of mine in the hotel industry to contribute to this. So I asked them, you know, for quotes and kind of snippets of thought uh, that I could include in the book along throughout that whole process. But again, it's all about, you know, the conversations we're having with clients, even through longitude and and all the different decision-making we were making along the way with the Ozarker Lodge. You hear these conversations a lot of, you know, should we go with the brand or should we go independent and especially with the clients we're working with. And so what we found going through the Ozarker Lodge project Again, this was our first, but we did have those early discussions of the pros and cons of, you know, do we want to do a soft brand or should we go full on independent? And it was kind of like weighing all of those pros. And and in the book, too, it's not like I'm not discouraging people from choosing a brand because there's definitely certain instances where that makes sense. But it's rather just trying to um, equip and make people that might otherwise default to a brand or think that's the only option in their market. Um, maybe take a second look at the independent model and maybe gain some more confidence in moving forward with that. And, and ultimately again, just promoting the indie mindset. And I just, you know, the, I love the heart of hospitality when you dig, dig down into it. And I think that's really important for any property independent or branded.
1: I've got a random question. So Growing up, I was a huge fan of Miami Vice, and I ended up going to FIU in Miami. And once I got to Miami, as I talked to people, they hated the TV show because it portrayed Miami as this drug killing. So with Ozark being an extremely popular TV show, how has that affected you? How has that come up in conversations about the destination? Because for a lot of us, you know, especially from the, I'm, I grew up in the Northeast, I didn't know what Ozark was or that area or that that even existed. So how has that really impacted your property or the area uh, as a whole? Yeah, well, I I haven't actually
0: seen the show, but more often than not, nine times out of 10, when someone, a new client or someone just not super familiar with us, I mentioned we live in the Ozarks, they always mention that. Um, And I know a little bit, I know enough about it to understand what the, you know, kind of the concept and place of it, but there's just like any any place any destination there's there's some underlying truth to most stories like that so there is there's is a little bit of that you know drugs and whatever in certain parts but you know by and large the ozarks and you know the branson area is just such beautiful scenery and such beautiful people so many things to do for you know families and and couples and just a lot of people will call it uh the, uh, you know, the Branson market where the Ozarker is, they'll call it, um, like Las Vegas without gambling basically. Cause it's like, you know, you have the Bain strip there and there's all sorts of amusement and attractions, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of more laugh about it and it's, it's a more of a laughing point, but hopefully it hasn't done any long-term damage the show to the Ozarks as a whole, but we're trying, that's, you know, kind of the goal of the Ozarker was to help create a new identity a refreshed identity for the Ozarks and what it could represent. So hopefully we're going to be spearheading that over the next decade. That's our hope and our goal.
3: Awesome. So now we're going to move on more to the industry, your industry thoughts. So what are some of the biggest opportunities and challenges that you see for independent hotels? And if you want to talk about specifically kind of roadside hotels, feel free, but otherwise, you know, up to you.
0: Yeah. with I mean, with roadside hotels specifically, everyone talks about over the last three years since COVID, you know, the resurgence of, you know, the road trip. And you started to see a lot of the products like the Ozark are all over the, the nation. And because, you know, people were getting pent up demand and, and desire to travel, but, you know, airlines were off limits for a lot of people or just not very friendly to a lot of travelers for there for a while. So I think you saw this resurgence of the roadside motel. But with that, even aside from, you know, the COVID happenings. I think just that era of nostalgia and the memories that, you know, this generation has of, I I know me personally, I had a lot of great memories of just road trips with my family, good and bad, but it was just all part of, you know, you look through, you look through to your past oftentimes through rose tinted, rose colored glasses. And I think I do that quite a bit, but we were trying to capture a little bit of that with the Ozarker. And I think that's kind of what a lot of these properties are doing is, you know, try to lean into that nostalgia but in a modern way with a modern twist with modern amenities and programming and thoughtful connection to your community to the neighborhood that you're in and it just allows you a lot of freedom and flexibility to do that and and oftentimes that flexibility isn't always there when you're talking about brands or soft brands you know you're kind of more limited on that but with indie hotels and these roadside revitalizations i think the sky's the limit and it really just comes down to the the owner and the team behind it and what they're capable of and that's the thing that really excites me and I think there's a big opportunity there
1: that's great so it's a great segue so what are you what are you doing or what are you seeing as far as you know the modern the current traveler their the guest preference the this idea behind creating unique social spaces and amenities and just convenience for the guest what are what are you seeing or what are you doing that really kind of lends into that kind of current you know uh, thought process of the traveler
0: I had a conversation with um you guys probably know him from uh, Rob Blood from Lark Hotels and he's a great independent hotelier up in the northeast and um he mentioned a term that has resonated with me called unprescribed hospitality meaning you know you don't want to always just have like these buckets of hospitality and the way that you would treat everybody you want to really customize it to their experience and customize it to your market and understand your place and where you're at. And so with the Ozarker, for instance, you know, we're trying with Branson being such a family friendly destination and just, you know, people of multi-generations visiting there for many different reasons. It's a leisure, heavy leisure market. So we're trying to think of ways to help, you know, attract those people with something, an offering that's new, that's unique, that's unexpected. We're trying to make sure that we're not forgetting even, you know, parents who are traveling with kids I think you know we're trying to provide a lot of great uh, amenities and thoughtful touches for that you know for instance at at check-in first of all you're checking into this great beautiful like it's almost like a fully it is a fully functioning coffee shop called storeroom and so you check into this you can grab a cup of coffee but what for your kids if you have traveling with kids they get a little bag of saltwater taffy that's kind of a famous staple of the Branson area because of silver dollar city, which is a big amusement park there. And they sell saltwater taffy there. So we partnered with silver dollar city to offer little baggies of this to kids upon check-in just to, you know, make it a little fun, special moment. We have a whole kid's nook. We call it a kid's activity nook or reading nook that has games, it has uh, board games, books, all sorts of little things. And kids like, you know, love that so much. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback about that, but just like little thoughtful things like that. We've, we, have a great team that's you know just trying to think through all of these types of things. Another thing that we're trying to is you know, on the programming side and kind of activation. We're launching this uh, quarter or this monthly event called Mini Makers, and it's an event for parents and their children to come and explore kind of all things crafty and culinary. And uh, so you're, you're going to get to make a little treat like cupcakes or something, s'mores cupcakes, and then you're going to do a little craft and. You know, just stuff like that, like you can't, like, it's hard to brainstorm and just plan for that, but you got to try it and you got to see what resonates and really know your market and just try to
1: be on brand with all of these types of initiatives. No, that makes sense. Very smart. And so what do, you, what do you think, maybe you can give some examples of what you're doing. What do you think that hotels, maybe, you know, more specifically, obviously independent hotels should be doing to create more brand awareness for their properties?
0: That's a, a really great question. You know, and and this is something, this is a challenge that we're even trying to still solve at the Ozarker is brand awareness, especially as a new product that is just only 90 days into it. You know, I think one thing that's gone a very long way for us in getting awareness is brand alignment with other partners and collaborators. Very early on in our discussions, even before we broke ground, we started collaborating and having ideation sessions with other brands in the area. And, you know, like the, obviously the tourism board, we got them, they're super excited about that. We're hosting a lot of their influencers at our property, Silver Dollar City, which is a a main tourism driver for that area. We had early conversations with them and we've done some great giveaways with them and collaborations, you know, and, and several others. And so it's, I think that goes a long way if you can really benefit your partners and collaborators in some way. And then also, obviously you're benefiting and leveraging from their audience and it helps kind of when you're aligned with your brand too, you're, you know, hopefully in front of the similar audience you're trying to capture anyways. So I think that's one really special way and and it's fun too. It's fun to, to curate all those relationships and just have fun with it.
3: I I love what you're doing. I would love to have my own independent hotel, kind of what you're talking about in brands in or not sorry, Springfield, Missouri. Same way I love Wisconsin. So what is your advice to to folks like me who have dreams of opening up their own independent hotel?
0: Yeah, I mean (laughs) well, first of all, Wisconsin, you guys got Wisconsin Dells up there, which is great. And Door County. Yep, Door County. Like you guys have some amazing places up there. And I think it it really takes, I've, you know, and take it for what it's worth. Uh, this is my advice and maybe not always the best approach, but I would say lean into what you know best for us. You know, we loved hospitality, but what we knew best was branding and design and visioning and concepting. And so then we had a lot of great relationships and cool just relationships in the area. And so, we started with that we built the concept around it you know right when i we identified the property dustin and i started thinking okay what's the brand for this what are we going to name it you know what are some activation ideas we started building a whole deck around this and and what that did for us was you know that was our area of expertise and when we started having early conversations with investors and lenders and other partners like it was very easy for us to communicate the concept the market the opportunity the vision for what we're we're building and everybody quickly got it and got on board and got excited. Even lenders were super excited about it. And, you know, lending is a whole different challenge and whole, you could have a whole podcast about lending and indie hospitalities and the challenges there. But, you know, I think whatever your expertise and your background is and kind of where, where you think you can add the most value in a deal, start there and then start surrounding yourself with people who can fill in the gaps and do the other things well. And, at some point, you are just going to have to just go for it. You know, for us, that looked like I mentioned this earlier, but we had two, we actually had two other partners involved in the Ozarker before the Eagle Point folks got involved. And they're great guys. They're great friends of mine. I still talk with them all the time, but they just had personal reasons. They couldn't go forward with the deal. And it was like the last minute, right before we had it, we we're going to have it under contract. And they were just bailed on us. We're like, oh gosh, like, what are we going to do? It was just me and Dustin. And Dustin looked at me and said, like, What are we going to do? And like, how how are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know, but we got to do it. So we signed the contract, ninety day due diligence, and figured it out. And the rest is history. So just takes that doing it sometimes.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, brats, cheese curds, and Spotted Cow Hotel in Wisconsin. Let's go. (laughs) There you go. All right, let's (laughs) go. So uh, this was great. Thank you so much. That's our last question from us. Our producer John has been listening in the background this whole time. He's got one more question to wrap us up here.
0: Great. First off, uh just want to say I respect your music choice. Those exact those would be exactly <laughs> the bands I would pick, so Dashboard and Third Eye Blind. where I'm playing in the car right now. My my question is kind of, you know, with roadside hotels and motels, is there any sort of perception you have to overcome or negative connotation that comes with taking something like that and then doing what you guys are doing with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, roadside motels historically, I mean, there was an era, you know, back in like the 50s and 60s where roadside motels were re- very well regarded and taken care of, there's pride of ownership. And then, you know, through like the 80s, 90s and early 2000s it tanked pretty hard there for a while as a uh, category of hotel. So I think when people hear the word motel, they might even have certain connotations that come with that. And so I think you have to almost overcome that with brand, with your story, with the narrative, with your design. You have to show people that in a very quick, short amount of time, you know, just as you would on a, on a landing page, on a website, and you have like that split second to show someone exactly what you want to show them. It's kind of the same case for you know, any hotel, but especially motels, you're trying to combat negative perceptions that hotel motels might have or bad experiences people might have had in the past. But the quicker you can do that, I think the, the better it'll uh, work out for you. And, you know, there's a lot of great, I mean, even like if you look at Bunkhouse Group, they have a lot of great motels that they've revitalized too. And I think they have a great kind of blueprint and way that they bring out the voice of an area and you know, just the concepts they're creating are so great, and I actually mentioned bunkhouse and indie hotel as well. But I think you know, there's lots of gr- people doing doing this really well, and I think travelers are understanding this type of uh, category a little bit better now. And there's even like you guys have probably seen some of the shows, like with all the renovations and they walk through how they did it. And I think it's becoming more and more familiar to to folks. So
1: now that's great. So that does it for another episode of the Modern Hotelier. Jeremy, it was great having you. This is the point in the show where you get to let people know how they can connect with you, how they can find out about the property. So plug away.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, Like I said, that's where I do most of my social media. The, the Ozarker Lodge, you can just check out the Ozarker Lodge.com or find us on Instagram. Connect with us there. Longitude, longitude, And then flyover is just flyoverdevelopments.com. And if you want to email me, Jeremy at longitudebranding.com. Uh, happy to connect with anybody that wants to connect.
1: So. All right. So great. So again, that does it for another episode of the modern hotel year. We really appreciate it. And we hope to see everyone again soon.
2: This episode is sponsored by longitude branding. Are you opening a new hotel and needing a brand that really stands out? Longitude could be the branding and design partner you need since 2010. They've worked alongside many of the most iconic hotel brands and countless independent boutique hotels of all shapes and sizes. Whether you're constructing a new hotel from the ground up or renovating and repositioning an existing asset, Longitude is your guide for building a brand that lasts. From developing the vision and positioning strategy to creating a brand name and identity to designing interiors that wow guests, Longitude aims to help its clients create more memorable, engaging, and impactful guest experiences. Reach out with your next project by visiting longitudebranding.com.
3: You made it to the end of The Modern Hotelier. Thanks for listening. The Modern Hotelier is produced by Make More Media. Make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you know of a guest or sponsor that would be a good fit, feel free to email us at hello at themodernhotelier.com. Thanks and have a great day.